Guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. These words of the second reading today from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy struck me given some of the experiences that I've had recently. Well, I would say over much of my priesthood. You, man of God, pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Compete well for the faith. This passage here captures the virtues that Timothy is being encouraged to pursue as a man of God, a specifically masculine calling. Recently, I've had many situations of pastoral counseling, of marriage counseling, of reaching out to parishioners or others who were struggling. And it struck me just in the last week or so that there are a lot of miserable people in the world and that I would say maybe 90% of the misery in the world seems to be caused by men who lack virtue. By men who cannot control their passions. By men who sow a wake of destruction or leave a wake of destruction in their path, in their pursuit of whatever it is that they're pursuing. It struck, strikes me constantly, but particularly this last week. We're living a crisis of masculine virtue. Which is not to say women don't have their own challenges. Of course they do. But one of the main challenges I've found that women face is that they can't find a virtuous man to share their lives with. They end up settling or putting up with behavior and conduct that is unacceptable, that is abusive. We're living in a time where masculinity in its traditional forms is regarded as a kind of disease, the enemy of human happiness. It's referred to as toxic. To be a man is to be the enemy of the weak, the oppressed, the excluded. Unfortunately, there are many instances where men do precisely that. But the problem, and the thing that I, that I would contend, and I think our Catholic faith would contend, is that that's not the only way to be a man. In fact, that's no manhood at all. That's no masculinity at all. We have to challenge particularly the young men and present to them a clear picture of what it means to be a man. A man of righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. These are virtues that must exist in men in order for them to be good men, 
And when we live in a society that presents precisely the opposite of all of these things as the ideal, as what it means to be a successful man, well, we're in deep trouble. Because what failure to live out these virtues means is that weak and evil men grow in influence. Weak and evil men create situations that they, that benefit them at the expense of the weak, at the expense of the excluded. That's the real situation we're facing. And as the saying goes, when small men cast long shadows, sunset is approaching. And by every metric, men are struggling and failing. We see it in children and in our schools. Academic performance of boys continues to decline relative to that of girls. Enrollment in universities is now the majority of women. Now, 50 years ago, it was precisely the opposite, right? Men uh, achieving academically, men higher levels of enrollment and higher education. And of course, it's good that we've opened up and embraced greater levels of achievement among women. But why isn't it equal, is the question. Why aren't those levels of achievement the same? Fast forward to later in life. Life expectancy in the United States is declining, and specifically among men. Specifically among men in their 50s who are committing suicide at levels, uh, unprecedented levels. Why is that? That's not good. That's a sign of a, a disease in our society and in our culture. So we have to present and strive for examples, good examples of what it means to be not a toxic man, but a man, a true man, a man after the pattern and likeness of Jesus, not content with our own comforts, like the man in the prophecy of Amos, reclining on one's couch, taking one's ease, I've made it, that's enough. In a sense, you could even see the gospel parable as a punishment of the rich man for failing to use his strength to protect the weak and the excluded. A failure of his masculine calling. We have to present a robust an attractive picture of what it means to be a good man. A man of righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. What does it mean to be righteous? What is righteousness? In Spanish, this word was translated rectitud. Rectitude. Righteousness is the willingness to do the right thing even when no one's watching. Regardless of the consequences that it may bring about, regardless of the rewards that might, be, that might be found as a result of that good action. Righteousness is the determination from within, following the course of right reason, 
that I will do the right and just thing, no matter what. Even if it costs me something, even if it reduces my prospects, even if it limits my options, I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to bring others with me. What is devotion? This word in Spanish was translated piedad, piety. What is piety? We tend to use it almost as a kind of uh, dismissive word. A pious person is someone who's sort of trying to imitate a, a holy card, right? That they carry themselves in a certain way, kind of implying that they have a superior level of, of devotion or knowledge of God and that others don't really understand. That has nothing to do with piety in its true sense. Piety is a virtue that goes back to classical times, the Romans and the Greeks, and it refers specifically to honoring those who have bestowed gifts upon us that we cannot repay. Starting with our parents. Honoring our father and our mother is an act of piety. How can I repay my parents for giving me life? I, I, I really can't. All the sacrifices that our parents make to raise us that we don't even understand, we've never, we can't remember because we were too small. To honor our father and our mother is an act of piety because we can't repay it. So too, extending beyond our individual lives, we can look to our country. Patriotism is an act of piety that the sacrifices of others have created a situation in which we benefit. We honor those who sacrificed their lives to defend our country. We honor those who founded our country at the expenses of their, of their fortunes and their honor, risking everything in order to create a situation where we could flourish, that we did nothing to earn for ourselves. So we honor them out of piety. And ultimately, piety falls precisely to the way we honor God. Jesus Christ earned for us the gift of salvation that we did not do anything to obtain for ourselves. It's a gift. We can't repay him for it. That's the virtue of piety. Not to sit back and snipe at the errors and the shortcomings or even the hypocrisy that we see in the world around us, but building up taking responsibility for the things that have been given to us so that we can hand them on to those who come after. St. Paul goes on to describe faith as a virtue of the man of God. Faith is, of course, a virtue that all of us must embrace. But faith specifically is a masculine virtue. Faith as a specifically masculine virtue I believe involves the taking of risks for God. Having a supernatural perspective and putting things on the line based on the truth of what God has revealed. What am I willing, willing to risk for the gospel? I think we should rephrase the idea of faith precisely in those terms. I believe to the extent that I'm willing to risk. 
I'm willing to sacrifice my present happiness for the happiness that is promised to me in the life to come. I think that element of risk is attractive to men. We're risk takers. When we're adolescents, this manifests as doing stupid things on bikes and skateboards, and cars, and airplanes. But that doesn't end when we become a little more rational with age and wisdom. No, we must take risks. We must acquire a supernatural perspective and see our lives through the lens of the promises that God has made and take a risk for it. Put something on the line. Love is a virtue. Love is a virtue of the man of God. And it's important here to hear this word, which has been emptied of its meaning almost completely, not as the opposite of hate. Love is not the opposite of hate. Love is the opposite of use. Wherever there is use in a relationship, love vanishes. There are many instances that we could point to of how use tears down love between persons, specifically in the relationship between men and women. I won't go into great detail here, but the bottom line is, whenever I see someone as a means of obtaining the satisfaction that I desire, I am using them. And oftentimes, I am allowing myself to be used in a similar way, a kind of reciprocal back-scratching arrangement in which love cannot endure. Love is the treating of a person not as a means, but as an end, as someone to be loved for their own sake, not for what they can provide me. It's utterly generous. It doesn't look to itself. It's fascinated and devoted and outward-looking. It's ecstatic. That is a virtue that men need and that our culture particularly has lost. Gentleness, another virtue greatly misunderstood. Gentleness, sometimes translated as meekness. And this gets at the heart of what it means to be a man of God, I believe. Gentleness is not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is the virtue by which I restrain my power. That I use my strength in a measured and very particular way. And when I can use it to defend myself or to protect myself and choose not to, for the sake of protecting those that I'm entrusted to serve, I possess the virtue of meekness. We see this especially in Jesus. He who was crucified and pinned to the cross, literally unable to move, to even scratch an itch on his face, right? Pinned to the cross, tortured at the hands of unjust, unjust men, had the power to annihilate all of them 
Did he not? God had the power, he who is all-powerful, to, in a comic book-like display of power, send everyone away, humiliate them, strip them naked, annihilate them, however he wanted to do. Right? He, had, he had that total power available to him, but he chose not to use it because he had a greater goal in mind, the salvation of the world. So having the power and not using it to protect or to, humili- to protect oneself or to humiliate others is a virtue. It's a masculine virtue because men are called to be strong and put that strength at the service of the weak and the vulnerable. We must pray for everyone who has need of growth in virtue, men and women alike. But I believe, I sincerely believe, that a society that does not have strong and virtuous men in it is a society that is rapidly approaching destruction, self-destruction. It's not to say that the virtues of women are unimportant, far from it. But the patterns that we observe are that men tend more frequently and more disastrously to turn aside from the path of righteousness, and that is a cause of suffering for all. Beginning with ourselves, I address the men here present today. Beginning with ourselves, Let's put the hard questions to ourselves. Where do I lack virtue? Where do I sit back and neglect the responsibilities that I need to, that I need to use my strength in order to care for? Where do I recline in comfort instead of getting up, getting to work, and taking responsibility as a man of God, pursuing righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Let's put something on the line for God. Let's compete well for the faith. To our Lord Jesus, the pattern and example of what it means to be a man, may it be to him honor and eternal power. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.